Hello everybody, welcome to Saints and Scholars episode 2. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where we talk about different historical and contemporary issues facing the Christian church in Ireland, but especially Irish Baptists. And today I'm really glad that our first interview is with uh, Trevor Ramsey. Trevor has a wide range of experience pastoring different Baptist churches in our association and this year is the president of the Association of Baptist Churches in Ireland and so I thought he would be the right person to kick things off with. So Trevor, first of all, can you tell us a little bit just about yourself, who you are and where you've ministered in the past? Yeah, thanks Andrew. Uh, It's good to be able to share in this podcast today. Uh, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I came to faith when I was 17. And my first uh, introduction to any kind of evangelical church was a congregational church. And the Lord just worked in my heart and life. And very soon after I was converted, I felt this deep desire and calling in the, in the full-time ministry. So eventually uh, studied for three years at Belfast Bible College and then was appointed firstly to Baptist Missions Ireland to work in the city of Limerick. So we went there way, way back in 1986, ministered there in, a, in, a, in that church. Limerick was an old established Baptist church, but it was down to uh, literally, you know, a couple of handfuls of people. So effectively I pastored the church whilst also being an evangelist. And mm-hmm. I just actually found both of those roles complementary. I didn't find it particularly difficult uh, to fit together, although each in themselves was very challenging, but um, so we, we ministered there for eight years. The Lord was very gracious to us. We were able to build a new church building, which was the first uh, Baptist church building built on a greenfield site in the Republic of Ireland for over 100 years at that stage. That was opened in 1994. Then I, I came back to, to Northern Ireland and got involved in a church plant in Green Island in County Antrim. Long story, too too long to share all the details of that now, but we we, we started a church there with uh, three other couples. We opened the a bank account, put £100 in the bank account, and today that's Green Island Baptist Church, which uh, is a very thriving, uh, well-ordered, well-blessed church in Green Island Baptist. And then in 2010, I received a call to come to Newton Breda Baptist Church, which is probably the largest or one of the largest churches in our association to be senior pastor to work with the staff team so I've had a very varied experience in ministry from small church to church planting to now large church leading a team etc the Lord's been very gracious to me in those three different contexts and allowed me to have some experience and also to see his hand of blessing that's really encouraging in three very different contexts Trevor this year, you're also serving as the president of the Association of Baptist Churches in Ireland. Uh, I know because I get to see a little bit uh, of how busy you've been and I see a lot of different things happening. But just for those who are maybe a bit less familiar, what is the president of the association and what does he do? Yeah, effectively, the, the president is appointed on, on an annual basis from amongst our number. And primary role and responsibility is to preside over the various committees and council meetings, et cetera, of the association. Um, I also, in, as part of that role, serve as a director of our corporation. So the corporation is the legal entity which owns our, our buildings. 
um, chair the executive committee and chair the council meetings. So that's, that's, I suppose, is the first primary responsibility. Interestingly, in this year of pandemic, I haven't actually physically chaired any meeting yet. It's all been digital and by Zoom. So I haven't physically sat around a table with anybody yet. Um, I don't think that's going to happen before I finish. That's the first role. The second role, I guess, is to represent our association of churches at some degree of formal level. Um, and so whenever there's something going on, the it's usually the president or the director that would be approached for some comment or some word on that. And and obviously that's that's a, a difficult one, the sensitive one, because we are independent churches. We are an association. So I can't speak for the churches uh, at all, but we can at least sometimes give a, a kind of clear evangelical voice in the situations. Um, and I suppose the third third role, I guess, is something of a, a pastoral role or a role of connection. I think if our association means anything, it's got to mean connections between churches. And I suppose I just formalize that and getting a chance to go and speak in other churches, share information, share thoughts and pastorally care for maybe our, our pastors and, and other guys in, in, in our association. So there's no clearly defined uh, job description. I think each man would bring to it a diff something different depending on his own individual or church circumstances. I'm very grateful to the elders here in Newton Breda who have basically given me as much time as possible to develop the role and, and, to, and to make it a very helpful year. Oh, certainly in the, especially this particular year with everything with COVID, uh, there's been so much more need for that representation and a communication channel. I know myself and many of the other pastors in the association are extremely grateful for that. And also just the way you've been encouraging that awareness and connection between the various churches has been really, especially this year, uh, particularly helpful. You, you, you've been in a revitalizing work. You've been in a church plant. You've been in a, a, a large established church, lots of different contexts, Trevor. So you, you've had a wealth of experience. As it sits right now, what would you say are the particular strengths and weaknesses of Irish Baptists here on the island at the moment? Yeah, I, I think, first of all, thinking about our strengths, I think independency is a strength. I think it's, it's of course, it's biblical um, and, and right that each of our churches should be independent churches. And I found myself in several contexts this year having to explain the difference between a denomination and an association, that we're not a denomination. We are an association of churches, not the Baptist church. And that's a, a subtle but important distinction. And I think that's a real strength of ours, that there's a local eldership, a local leadership in every context that can make decisions that are appropriate for their for their own particular context. I think a rural Baptist church probably would function differently from a, an, a, a very uh, urban uh, or suburban uh, Baptist church, a professional congregation from maybe a, a more agricultural or, or rural congregation. I think the, the message is the same, the doctrine is the same, the, the beliefs are the same, but maybe how we function uh, is different. And that's, uh, that's a strength actually for is that independence. I think interdependence is also our strength. The fact that we do work out the biblical principle of, of churches working together. And I think obviously through our association, through our association departments, through Baptist missions, Baptist youth, Baptist women, 
through the college, we can achieve an awful lot more together than we can uh, on our own. And I like that picture of a family, you know, in, in every family, there's, there's usually problems and challenges and difficulties, I think. But, but at the same time, it's the family name that binds us together. We're bound together by not only Christ and our identity with Christ, but our identity as Baptists as well. And our ecclesiology binds us together. I think those are some of the strengths. And actually, when you look back over the last 40 years or so, and you see the number of churches that have been planted and started, either by other Baptist churches or in partnership with Baptist missions on the island of Ireland, it's really quite incredible. I think, I think something like 25 to 30 churches have been planted in 40 years. I think that's a remarkable success story and not one that we often, we often hear about. Um, so I think those are some of our strengths, yeah. We want to also be looking ahead, um, and hopefully this podcast pushes us also to be looking forward. So as we look ahead, what, what do you think are the opportunities that you see across the island? I think the very nature of our ecclesiology actually puts us in a great position to minister into our society. Our, our, our island of Ireland has been divided, as we all know, for centuries along the lines of orange and green. And historically, Baptists represented a third way. They represented those who, who stepped out of mainstream religion and identified with Jesus Christ. In fact, if you know your history, you'll know that the, the Anabaptists actually suffered a lot of persecution from both actually the reformers and the medieval Catholic Church. And there was that's just a historical fact. That's not me making any judgment on that. That is just a fact that, that our Anabaptist forefathers did suffer that persecution. So they represented and we represent a third way. And I think that that is tremendously effective because we are gospel focused and our, despite our differences, we are focused on, on the gospel. And that above everything gives us great opportunities going forward. I, I noticed particularly when I was ministering in the Republic of Ireland, it's quite a while ago now, and, and this trend has accelerated since, but as people turned away from the traditional church, um, sadly, many of them felt that the church represented Christianity. So as they turned away from the church, they turned away from Christianity. But into that space stepped many evangelical churches, Baptist churches and others who were able to bring the true word of the gospel and true hope. And I think we're living in a world where there's hopelessness all around us, particularly as we come towards this, uh, hopefully the end of this pandemic. And I think the opportunities we have are to be hope bringers in a hopeless situation. So I don't want our churches to focus on uh, subtle nuances of church government or church polity or church business. But I want them to see around them the communities that are that are devoid of hope and for our churches to be beacons of hope in hopeless communities. So that would be the opportunities I think are there for us. And I think if pastors and elders and deacons can well, well do what Jesus told us actually in John chapter four to lift up our eyes and to look on the fields, they are white on the harvest. And I think rather than, you know, sitting in our corners complaining about the good old days and how they've all gone and people are not interested anymore, which I sometimes hear, is to say, actually, we have an amazing opportunity here to share Christ, to be creative in our evangelism and to be creative in our outreach efforts. 
um, to recognize that culture is changing. The message never changes, but our creative God has given us all sorts of ways that we can use to reach people, including, Andrew, what you and I are doing now, and that is using digital online technology. So there's lots of opportunities out there. I'm very excited, actually, for the future of our churches. Uh, well, you mentioned just before, like how exciting that has been to watch the different Baptist churches springing up in places where we, we never saw it before, but where people have stepped out in faith. God has really blessed uh, those endeavours in the past, and both in the uh, Republic and here in the North as well. Even the last few years, we've seen a number of churches start, and it's been really, really encouraging to see that, even in the midst of pandemic, uh, churches beginning as well. Yeah, yeah and the see, see churches springing up that are Baptistic, and um, maybe have no connection with it, with one of our Baptist churches, but because they're Baptistic and feeling the need to find a, a like-minded grouping to associate with, to see churches like that making tentative inquiries about what it means to become part of our association. They may not necessarily have the word Baptist in their name, but that's not the key thing. The key thing is that they are Baptistic in theology and in practice, and, and that's exciting. I think there are dangers, though, which confront us. I don't know whether you want to touch on that. No, please, please do. I yeah. just feel that the, the very thing which is our strength, our independence, can also become our weakness. Mm. You know, that we can become so focused on our, our own little church and our own little community and our own little area that we actually forget that we're part of a bigger work. And I think, sadly, uh, this may be a little controversial, and I don't want to be controversial for, for being controversial, for, for being for the sake of controversy, but I think um, that has generated a kind of a gossip culture. And I think, sadly, that has weakened our churches, where um, we, often, we often find fault with the other churches, uh, or we hear stuff. And we repeat it and we're convinced that the other church is heretical and we ourselves have the truth. And I've seen that in a few situations. And I think that's sad because I think that weakens our witness. I think we are we are a family, yes, and we 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 are entitled to talk to each other as family, even on, on error, errors or issues that we want to raise. But I don't think I should ever become a gossip culture where we start gossiping about other pastors or other churches. I've been on the receiving end of that, Andrew. I'm sure possibly you have as well at a few times. And I, I think that's a danger for us. I think also it's it's a weakness for us that we we don't have any really recognized form in the ministry or any recognized pathway in the ministry, I should say. So a young man who may be gifted in the word, who may love the Lord, may feel a calling to a ministry. There's no simple steps for that young man to go in the ministry. So I know other uh, formal denominations have more of a formal ministerial recognition process. We don't. And I think that that could hinder us going forward unless we find a way of addressing that. I, th I think that's very true, Trevor. I think one of the things I've been thinking a lot about just towards the end of 2020 was we've a lot of churches that are just need of pastors at the moment and uh, especially going through this uh, particular pandemic season different ones they, they did feel that um, greater disconnect because they didn't have that pastor where 
information could be coming from yourself and from others and and it made things a little bit trickier for them and and you're right the first step to seeing that addressed ultimately across the association is making avenues for young men to come forward and to be identified and trained and encouraged and, and find a place to serve. And I think historically we've shied away from that because yeah. we kind of feel that compromises our independence and we're very fiercely independent as Baptists. But I do think there's a way in which we can address it that still affirms and recognizes our independence as churches. I think that's really helpful to think about. As we think about various Christians listening to this podcast, how would you like them to be praying at the moment for the work of the Irish Baptist churches across the island? I think we should be praying positively. Uh, you know how the Apostle Paul told us in Colossians 4, pray for me that God may open a door for my ministry. And and I do think that that as people have walked their way through this pandemic, and have realized that a lot of the old certainties weren't as certain as they thought. Uh, it's like the old hymn says, you know, when all around my soul gives way. Well, everything's been given away around people's souls. What we need to pray for is that people will see that he then is all my hope and stay. And that people will come to embrace Christ and treasure Christ and value Christ. And that, they'll, and that, that, that as we pray for our churches, I don't want, to, don't want us to pray that we'll kind of survive the pandemic um, but that actually will emerge from the pandemic stronger relationally, uh, and stronger evangelistically and willing to seize the day and seize the opportunity in the world where people don't know what the, where their foundations are anymore, to bring them to that one foundation that they can build their lives on, and that is Christ. So I'd say pray positively rather than negatively. Don't pray to survive, pray to thrive and pray to prosper and pray that the Lord will, you know, I'm excited. I think, I think there are great days ahead for Irish Baptists. When I look at younger pastors like yourself, Andrew Durasayat, and, and lots of, lots of other guys in your age bracket who are well-trained, who are articulating the gospel clearly, who are in touch with the, the culture, who know what's going on in the world, who know if you like, like the men of Issachar, they know the times and the seasons. And I think we should be really mm -hmm. grateful as Irish Baptists that the Lord has raised up uh, loads of young men to lead our churches forward and pray for even more because the days ahead are good. I think sometimes as Irish Baptists, we go back to the old days and we start trotting out these names of legendary pastors from the past. And, you know, it's, it's great. And we, we respect and honor all that they did. But this is a new day and a new generation. Mm -hmm. And we have to write our own story. Uh, Trevor, I think that's uh, helpful. I think that's a helpful way to end, just that praying positively and looking ahead and trusting the Lord to do his work. Uh, thank you so much for the work you're doing for uh, so many of us Baptist pastors and for our churches at the moment and the representation you're giving to us. It's uh, probably not the year you expected at the beginning, but we are really glad that in God's timing, he appointed you for this particular season and we certainly needed you even more and I appreciate as well just you giving your time today to join us and uh, to answer these questions and to be so open and honest and and yet positive about what the Lord can do on this island. Thanks so much Andrew, God bless the, pro the podcast and future episodes as well, thanks. Thank you Trevor. <laughs>